The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a series that's going to wrap up our 2015, which is titled The Prospering Power of Prayer. The Prospering Power of Prayer. It is based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. It's a small book, but it has some really good practical information. I consider these type of books, she has uh, like four books that are really thin that I consider gift books. You want to give somebody a book that will help them make a breakthrough without necessarily getting really deep into any particularly one subject. Just... You know, this is one of the books that you can pass on to a person because most people believe that prayer does something, even if it just calms their minds. So we want to make sure that uh, we get this message out. So last week we talked about the simple forms of prayer, and today we're going to talk about an advanced form of prayer, which is chapter 2 of the book, an advanced form of prayer that can prosper you. Now, I do want to also remind you that I do take calls on this show, so I want to get this out of the way early, that you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. If you have questions about uh, this book, about prayer in general, about praying for prosperity, etc., etc., uh, call and let's talk about it. I'm not saying... Um, I have the answer because I believe that the, the the revelation comes from within. But if I can help that process, then I'm 
more than willing to do that because that's why I'm here. Now, back to the book. All right. The fourth type of prayer, meditation and silence on page 17. The fourth type of prayer is that of meditation and silence. Often in silence, excuse me, often in silent contemplative prayer that we feel the presence of God's goodness most strongly. So what she's saying is when we are just silent and we're contemplating the goodness of God, it gives us a a feeling that God's on board. It gives us a feeling that we're consciously connected to our good. It gives us a sense of well-being, a sense of wholeness, a sense of strength, a sense of power, a sense of love, a sense of just, you know, God is in charge. But you have to slow down and slow the mind down to contemplate the goodness of God. And what does that mean? She goes on to write, in this form of prayer, we take a few prayerful words and think about them silently. As we think about them, they grow in our minds as expanded ideas, moving us to a feeling of peaceful assurance and right ideas, and perhaps later to right action. So she just gave a process. First thing you do is take a few prayerful words and think about them silently. Now, I would say before you do that, you have to get your body in a relaxed place. And if at all possible, somewhere where you won't be physically disturbed. You know, sometimes you got to get up earlier than the kids or, you know, you got to let people know, hey, I'm doing my meditation. You know, I don't want to be disturbed for the next 30 minutes or whatever. Uh, You know, I know some parents who said, you know, they actually do their meditation in the bathroom because they it's a quiet moment where they can take whatever amount of time they need to take without being disturbed. Some people I've heard actually do their meditation in their car. You know, they get to the in the morning when they, before they pull out of the garage, they stop and do their meditative work. All I'm saying is make sure you do it now. As I told my class on a couple of days ago, you know, if you're trying to be world class, a couple of minutes a day is not necessarily going to make you a, a, a person that's making world class demonstrations. The more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. If you want, you know, as I said, if you know, if you're Usain Bolt and you're the fastest man in the world. You're not the fastest man in the world by doing the minimum amount of runs and stretches and exercises or what a diet or whatever else he does to maintain his title as the fastest man in the world. It's the work that you have to put in it. If you are, you know, uh, a LeBron James or Steph Curry or back in the day, a Michael Jordan or Dr. J or Larry Bird, they were in the gym all the time because they were. because to pull off what they wanted to pull off you got to put the work in it's not just talent you have to put the work in so what I'm saying is if you want to make world class demonstrations if you want to move your life quicker if you want to flip the script quicker if you want to transform 
quicker. That means you have to put more work in. So if, you know, you, you just want to get a sense of peace of mind and uh, and well-being, then a couple of minutes a day probably will work for you. If you're really trying to get insight, inspiration, healing, breakthroughs, have spirit move in through and as you in a powerful way, you have to spend more time in this contemplative prayer. Just like an Olympic athlete, they're training four years many times for a moment that's over in seconds. Four years for that one race. Just to get to that point, you know, all the preliminary runs, say for instance, you're a track athlete, all those preliminary runs or Michael Phelps, all that swimming, you know, day in and day out, day in and day out in the pool, all of those races to get to the point to where he has an opportunity to get the gold medal or in his case, many gold medals. And that's when you go for it. That's when you go for all that preparation, all that training, you know, so because many times we can't even get to the point of the master demonstration because we haven't done the work on the front end so we can get there. Anyway, moving right along. She said she wrote still on page 17. If nothing seems to happen in meditation, we have nevertheless made our minds receptive to God's good which may manifest later. What she's saying here is you've planted the seed. You planted the seed. And sometimes planting the seed and then going back and doing more meditation, more prayer, et cetera, et cetera, now you're nurturing the seed and allowing it to grow. I can't remember the name of the tree that when you plant it in the ground, the seed doesn't break ground for years think like four or five years i can't remember the name of it but then in the in 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 like a year it's 20 feet 30 feet high because all that time is building up being nurtured and when it's time to grow it has explosive growth how many people that's listening to this show right now really want explosive growth That means you have to nurture what you're doing. Once you have that intent, once you have that dream, once you have that uh, that concept, once you have that thought, once you have that conviction, you have to nurture it. Put the work that's necessary into it. So you can have explosive growth, not just growth, explosive growth, explosive health, explosive. Explosive well-being in your family. Explosive prosperity. Now, people say, oh, there's no such thing. But go back and look at history, and you'll see someone who was working year after year after year after year, and out of nowhere, boom, it just seemed like they blew up. You know, um, as, uh, you know, uh, the Reverend Michael Beckwith um, has said to some people throughout the, the last few years, uh, once the secret came out and he ended up on Oprah and, you know, his ministry just, quote unquote, blew up. And he said, it took me 25 years to become an overnight sensation. So, 
you know, his perspective is not off. He knows that all that work he did for years being an unknown religious science minister, science of mind minister, then becoming independent and starting in his own ministry, etc. All of those years helped him become the person who he is now. You look at people who have years and years and years of training and work and all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, it explodes. Because when you put the working in and you nurture it the proper way and it's the right, you know, as John Maxwell says, and I love this, the right person with the right idea at the right time. That's a paraphrase. I don't know if he says it exactly like that. The right person, right idea, right time. You can have explosive growth explosive growth you know there are churches that blow up so quickly so swiftly that people can't even understand how did this grow like this well right person right idea quote parenthesis message or whatever to the right people etc at the right time sometimes a person can be very similar, but they don't present it the right way to the right people. There's a lot of factors that go into that, and I want to get into because it's not the purpose of this show. All right. Back to the book. Page 18. She wrote, The psalmist knew the power of the prayer of meditation and silence when he declared, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. See, it's important that we have to understand again and again. You have to relax the mind. You have to relax the body. You have to be able to allow this consciousness the time to evolve. And then you can know that I am God. Be still. Be still. See, here's the thing. If your your body can be still and your mind not still, this is one of the reasons why you take a repetitive statement of prayer and just repeat it over and over again in your mind. Over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. Why? Because many times the mind doesn't know how to be still. So you actually just take something and you wrap it. And you wrap it. And you rep, you could take a statement like, be still and know that I am God. You, while you're sleeping, in your mind, over, you go to bed, be still and know that I am God. You're saying this in your head, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You're prepping the mind and allow the prep work to take you into your sleep. Anybody can do that. You say, well, I don't know how to be still and meditate. Practice that. Or sit in a chair or lotus position or whatever you do to meditate. I don't do the lotus position because I'm not flexible enough to do that anymore. uh, And I don't desire to do that anyway. Sit in your chair and just take a prayer statement, an affirmation, a scripture. You know, you could say something, God is love and so am I. God is love and so am I. And just repeat it in your mind over and over again, 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 over and over again. What are you doing? First of all, you're training your mind. You're disciplining your mind. Because many times 
folks don't have disciplined minds. So you're disciplining your mind, and that's always a good thing. Two, you're keeping your mind on a particular intent. That's called concentration. Concentration matters. Because once you learn how to focus, once you learn how to concentrate, it's, your mind won't get as easily distracted off of what you say you want to do. Two, by keeping your mind focused on and concentrating on the concept that you're working with through contemplative prayer or meditation, what you're actually doing also is building the framework that allows your mind to go deeper into the silence, which we'll get to before the show is over, because that does matter. When I say the silence, I'm talking about that aspect that, that, for lack of terms, you're consciously aware of the wholeness of God in, through, and as you. Joe Goldsmith said it's beyond words and thoughts. It's that aspect that's beyond words and thoughts. You know, uh, Charles Fillmore is said that he would go into the silence four to six times a day. You, you know, whatever he was doing, when that time he could stop, he would go into meditation. The co-founder of Unity is that you know, even his grandkids would walk by the window with their friends, and he's like, "What's that man doing?" They're like, "Oh, that's just Papa Charlie. He was doing his meditative work anytime he had an opportunity to going take tr- taking his thought down into his body." Affirming and awakening energy centers in his body, calling forth the life activity in the cells of his organs, etc. Really deep stuff. And I'm saying you have to go there yet. What I am saying is just start off with sitting down, being calm, laying down, or, or before you go to sleep, or before you get up, and just taking one statement and repeating it in your head over and over again. See if you can do it for five minutes. See if you can do it, and then increase it. If you can do it for one minute clearly, then go to two, and go to three, and, and then go to where you feel the door is comfortable. I know people who can meditate literally sitting still for a couple of hours. Literally, without moving. So, anyway, we're coming up on our first break. So let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, please freely give. You can go to unity.fm and click on the Donate button, www.unity.fm, and click on the Donate button and help support this online ministry that is sending the message of hope and empowerment around the world. It literally matters what you do when it comes to the support of this online ministry. Also remind you again that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. And it's the quickest way to get in contact with me. Also go on the page, like it, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to call in, call in to 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So, again, back to the book. We're on the, working out of the book, The Prospering Power of Prayer by Catherine Ponder. All right. So she quotes on page 18, Dr. Alexis Carroll who wrote, when our activity is set toward a precise end, our mental and organic functions become completely harmonized. The unification of the of the desires, the application of the mind to a single purpose, produce a sort of inner peace. Man integrates himself by meditation just as by action. So when we put the mind on that which we say we want to do, we work it out. Then she wrote, Jesus was constantly going up to the mountain to pray after much activity. He often retreated for a time of silent prayer and meditation to reintegrate himself. So Jesus knew that to fulfill what he needed to do, he needed to get away from the thoughts, beliefs, the people pulling on him and center himself in the spirit and then come back. So it says he went to the mountain. He went up to the mountain to pray. On page 19, she explains that. She wrote, in metaphysical language, the word mountain means a high place in thought, feeling, and prayer. That's something you always want to remember. In metaphysical language, the word mountain means a high place of thought, feeling, and prayer. You'll see many times in the Bible over and over again, you know, Moses went up on Mount Sinai. Jesus went to the mountain. Elijah went to the mountain. Uh, it's on the Sermon on the Mount, it said Jesus was on a mount and then opened his mouth to pray, etc. You'll see this over and over again in the Bible of 
it just represents a high state of consciousness. Only time it doesn't is when it's used in metaphorically like an obstacle. When Jesus said, you know, cast a mountain into the sea, something like that. Uh, you know, or, you know, uh, or every mountain shall be made low and every valley shall be made high. That's the exception. But metaphysically, normally mountain means a high place in thought, feeling, and prayer. So when you need to work on something, when you're trying to get a breakthrough, when you don't know what to do, you need to go to the mountain in you. Literally, you have to go to a higher state of consciousness, a higher state of consciousness. You know, um, Charles Fillmore even believed in taking it a step further, working along with the mystics of every tradition to that believed that the mountain was actually the crown of the head where he would say, go to the, put your attention on the crown of your head and affirm, you know, the Christ of God is awakened in me. You know, that was actually, you know, statements like that. Were you calling forth the Christ mind or the super conscious mind or this mountaintop consciousness, whatever term, you know, you want to use. But he believed that by doing that, because if if you follow the uh, some of the systems that are out there that are the, of the more mystical tradition, uh, Christian, uh, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Taoism, uh, you know, Rosicrucian, tribal religions of the different various continents and countries. They all believe about some level of spirituality that flows in from either the crown of the head or right or, or, or slightly above. You would see things in ancient writings like halos around people's heads those are symbols of a person's spiritual consciousness divinity or awareness of god so that if that works for you do that try it out see what you think the point that i'm making is the mountain is a high place in thought feeling and prayer it's a high state of consciousness all right Uh, okay now she goes on to write on page 19, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, among others, proved the practical result-getting power of silent meditation. See, it's practical. You just, well, I'm just going to go get still. That's part of it. But you're infusing yourself with power so you can take action. And sometimes the infusion of the power is the action. That's why we have to be clear about. Sometimes that is the action. Sometimes be still and know that I am God just means be still and know that I am God and watch me move. Watch me do it. Watch me heal it. Watch me transform it. And you become a beholder of what God is doing in through and as your life. But that's but that's for you to know because you have to follow your own inner guidance because obedience is better than sacrifice, the scripture says. All right. It says it was at the conclusion, back to page 19, it was at the conclusion of Moses's 40 day period of prayer in the wilderness that he went forth and supervised the construction of the tabernacle, the Hebrews first building of formal worship. Even Moses even received specific instructions about the rich, beautiful furnishings for the tabernacle from Jehovah during this his 40 day meditation period. At the conclusion of Elijah's 40 days of prayer, he knew that Elisha was to become the next prophet 
of Israel. He also anointed a new king over Syria and one over Israel to clear up the political confusion of that era. Era, And it was after Jesus had prayed silently and meditated for 40 days that he began to preach, heal, and teach. So, this is real practical. They went away to get really clear on what it is that they're supposed to be doing. I tell anybody that's willing to listen, if you have something that you really want to do and you've been so busy trying to juggle a and keep a lot of balls in the air, you know, you know, you you know, you got 10 things, you're just juggling, 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 put them down and uh, go get a hotel room far enough away from your family so you're not popping in and popping out and people not popping up on you. Tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, children, siblings, or whatever you have to do. Take some vacation days, whatever it is that you need to do. And get uh, some meditation material, books, CDs, downloads to your phone or tablet or whatever. Get you, you know, a few books. If, you know, whatever your holy scripture is, the Bible or whatever you read. Your main things that you feel as though inspire you with a notepad. And take two or three days of complete just working on yourself. Only time you leave that hotel room is to take a walk to think and come back or to get something to eat and come back if you're not ordering uh, room service. You're not on the phone with people. You're not checking email. You're not on Facebook or any other social media platform. Get real clear with God about what your next steps are. Get real clear. We have to learn how to pull away. And the reason why I tell people not to do this at home is because when you're at home, it's always something to clean. It's always something to fix. It's always something to do. It's hard to be in your space and then not be in order. But when somebody else is responsible for cleaning the bed, when somebody else is responsible for cleaning it up, when you don't have to cook the food, when you're not running to and fro trying to make sure the kids are getting to where they need to get to. It makes a difference. Now, if you have to plan this, sometimes you just can't drop everything and go. But plan it. And take the time to do your inner work. So spirit will know. So spirit, so you can not, not spirit know, so you can know what spirit is placed on your soul and to do and how to do it. You'll be surprised how well this works. But you got to get away from home. Even if you live by yourself, you need to get away from home. Plan it. This isn't a vacation. This is spiritual work. And it's two totally different things. And you have to continually tell yourself, I'm going away so I can, so I can do, spend time with just me and God. I'm getting away so I can get clear on what my next steps are. I'm going away. It's a sabbatical. And you need to be clear about what it is. Take time, two or three days. If you can do three days, great. If you can do longer than three days, if, you, if you're if you in a financial space to where you can go away for a, a, a week or more to 
just work on your own spiritual work and just read your books and pray and visualize and meditate and do your denials and affirmations and contemplate and write your thoughts down and you know it, it makes all the difference in the world most of the time people can't stand being alone with themselves that long when was the last time you spent that much time with just yourself without being bored without wanting to watch TV I'm not saying why you're away you can't watch any TV I'm not saying don't take a break but don't let a, a, a 30 minute one hour break turn into an afternoon when you're supposed to be doing your work that's the difference that is the difference. So, back to the book. How to Meditate. She wrote, in page 20, she quoted H.M. Lee Katie's Lessons in Truth, where it's written, Every man must take time daily for quiet meditation. In daily meditation lies the secret of power. You may be so busy with the doing outgoing of love to help others, which is unselfish and godlike as far as it goes, that you find no time to go apart. But the command, or rather the invitation is, come ye yourself apart and rest a while, from Mark 6.31. And it is the only way in which you will ever gain definite knowledge, true wisdom, newness of experience, steadiness of purpose, or power to meet the unknown, which must come in all daily life she says you really want to be powerful you got to learn how to get step away mentally get still be still and know you got to spend time on the mountains of your mind the mountain of your mind she also tells us how to meditate and she says, when you withdraw from the world of meditation, let it not be to think of yourself or your failures, but invariably to get all your thoughts centered on God and on your relationship to the creator and upholder of the universe. Let all the annoying cares and anxieties go for a while and by effort, if need be, turn your thoughts away from them to some of the simple words of the Nazarene, that's Jesus, or to the psalmist. Think of some true statement, be it ever so simple, no person unless he has practiced it, can know how it quiets all physical nervousness, all fears, all oversensitiveness, all the raspings of everyday life. Just this hour of calm, quiet, waiting alone with God. Never let it be an hour of bondage, but always one of restfulness. So let's be very clear. H. Emily Cady is saying spend an hour in meditation you might not say well you know we live in a different world today and i get that and i'm not saying that this is what you have to do what i am saying is depending on the level of demonstration you're trying to make will determine how much time you spend in study prayer and meditation point blank i wish i could tell you something differently you know, but it's sort of, sort of like walking in to a, a, a karate dojo and you see the people white belt 
books. You might see somebody with a yellow belt. You see somebody with a blue belt. You see somebody with a green belt. You see somebody with a brown belt. And you see someone with a black belt. Now, anybody walking into a dojo would know one thing right off the bat. That a white belt doesn't look, doesn't perform like a black belt. And all those other colored belts in between show you the level of mastery of the technique. Now, the difference between a white belt and a black belt is time put in. Mastering the techniques. That's it. One's not better than the other. Just is. It just, I mean, literally. You know. You know. You know, really be really present to. The only difference between a white belt and a black belt is time put in. Mastering the technique. That's it. Once you know that, then when it's time to make the demonstrations when the challenges of life come out, come up. Let's put this analogy back in because this is the prospering power of prayer. We're talking about prosperity in the context of prayer. When you need to make the demonstrations, are you functioning as a white belt, a yellow belt, green belt, blue belt, brown belt, or black belt? See, because what end up happening many times is we want to make black belt demonstrations. The challenge comes. And we want to just flow with the technique. And we think at times that we're, in, you know, at places in consciousness that we're not. We think we're a black belt, but we might really be yellow belt. We still got some fear. We still got some lack of mastery of the technique. We need to be mindful of that. So the more time you put in, the more you work with it. Now, here's the thing that I love about Catherine Ponder. Catherine Ponder was a person who had almost nothing. As she tells you, living in a one-bedroom, small apartment um, with her son. And through the application of principles, built a career as an author, as a speaker, um, and developed the prosperity that she desired. Not all at once, but she grew it and evolved it to the point that she was demonstrating at a high level and she was attracting people in her space that also aligned with that prosperity, including a husband that had a decent amount of wealth. She got herself in a different vibration. So when you read Catherine Ponder, you're not reading about somebody who doesn't know what she's talking about. She worked it. She was a contemporary of of Christ Universal Temple's founder, Reverend Coleman, they went to ministerial school together. They were really good friends. And Reverend Coleman would tell us over and over again, you know, how close she was to Catherine Ponder. So what I'm saying is those two women... Catherine Pond and Johnny Coleman worked it. They knew what to do to work it, and they worked it. So when you read her books, this isn't theory. Keep that in mind. So we're coming up on our last break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, if you want to give me a call, you can call in at 888-558-6489-888-558-6489. All right, so, page 21, the author writes, The psalmist described meditation and silence as the secret place of the Most High. From Psalm 91.1, Jesus spoke of it as going into the closet and shutting the door. Matthew 6.6, Carlisle wrote, Consider the significance of silence. It is boundless, never by meditating to be exhausted, unspeakably profitable to thee. Now, so what they're saying is teachers have taught it throughout the years. But you got to take time away, pull away, and get away from those, the average, ordinary, regular thoughts of your day and start contemplating something higher in yourself. All right. Page 21, how meditation relates to your problems. She wrote, after meditating upon God's goodness and being renewed, uplifted, and inspired with new ideas, there's an effective way to utilize meditation and silence in relation to your problems. Take any problem or question and meditate on this thought. There is a divine solution to this situation. I accept and claim the divine solution in this situation now. Now, how many times do you have to say that? Again, like Jacob wrestling with God in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. But just by 
focusing your mind on that, your mind starts to seek the answer and get in tune with the spirit. Now, what I love about this is that there is a divine solution to this situation. In other words, there's a solution that is harmonious, powerful, etc., that can move things in ways that maybe I and my regular states of consciousness might not think might be possible. But there's a divine solution to this situation. I accept and claim the divine solution in this situation now. And take that into your prayer. You're not saying you have the answer. You're saying that the answer will be revealed. And it'll be a divine solution. That you're open and receptive to it. It says the mental energy spent in worrying and battling with the problem will then be used constructively to give you the right ideas and right solutions. When you have a problem, if you will go into silent meditation and contemplate a solution from a divine standpoint, you'll be shown what to do. So, again, working with the concept. Let me contemplate on the solution. Okay? If I have a problem, let me go into my prayer meditation and contemplate on the solution. There's a divine solution to this situation. Now, you notice that she didn't call it a problem. Because the moment we stop, we put the word problem in our brain, our brain started to go somewhere else. There's a divine solution to this situation. Situation is a neutral term. There's a divine solution. There's a divine answer to this situation. Just think about what they're saying to you. There's a divine solution to this situation. There's always an answer in God. That's what she's saying. You can turn any breakdown into a blessing in God. There's always a right action in God. Sometimes the right action is don't do anything. Be still again and watch me watch do the work. Watch me handle it. Sometimes it's you'll be still and all of a sudden it'll say call XYZ, email ABC, do this, this and that. And next thing you know, it'll be the exact right thing to do at the right time. But until you actually spend time in the meditation and the prayer work, and, and people are different. Like, I study my way into contemplation. I can be still, or I can study, and through my studying, I stop the, the reading, and I start to contemplate at a higher level. Because what I'm saying is, whatever you need to do to get yourself in the zone spiritually, do that. And do it consistently. Get yourself in the zone and stay there consistently. The book goes on to say and talk about an executive who solved problems through meditation. And to give you the gist of it, when they asked him how did he do it, he says when he explained his simple method, the junior executives skeptically asked, uh, uh, 
you mean you just meditate on the solution rather than fight the problem? Yeah. Meditate on the solutions. That doesn't mean you don't take action. But the action that you take should be guided by your prayer work. If you want it to be most effective. You know, because here's the thing. There's always the most efficient way to do a thing. You know, um, you know, uh, another martial art analogy because, you know, that's what I do. Bruce Lee would always tell people something that was simplistic, but people would miss it. The shortest uh, distance between two objects is a straight line. And people are like, how does he move so fast? Because he was dedicated to the straight line angle to whatever it is that he was attempting to hit. Sometimes we put too much energy effort into doing something as really simple as how direct can I be with this? Because the shortest distance between two objects is a straight line. And the shortest distance between me and my prosperity is my inner prayer work. Really, I really want you to get this. The shortest distance between you and your good is a transformed mind. The shortest distance between you and your good is a new way of thinking. The the shortest uh, distance between you and your breakthrough, prosperity, and money is the way you feel about yourself, your own self-esteem, your own self-value, your own disposition. This is why New Thought, borrowing Ernest Holmes' term, change your thinking, change your life is so important. Change your thinking, change your life. It's the shortest distance between your breakthrough. Are you willing to really radically change how you think. The prayer, the meditation helps that. So if you're contemplating and praying and thinking and feeling and being immersed in the concept that that God is the source of your supply, prosperity is your birthright, then you make that a part of who you are. So that state of consciousness informs what you think, the images you have in your mind, the way you feel about yourself, the words that come out of your mouth, even right down to the body language that you carry. Some people carry a prosperity body language. And some people don't. Some people talk like a prosperous person, like a person that can get stuff done. And some people don't. Some people are always thinking about money-making ideas. And some people aren't. See, we got to get baseline with this sometimes. Because the, the, the quickest way, the, the, the simplest and fastest way between two objects is a straight line. Get real direct. Am I a prosperity thinker? Am I a prosperity prosperity feeler? What do I mean? Do I feel prosperous even when the world says what I have is not enough? Just a thought. 
the prosperity do I feel as though God is the source of my supply? Do I have fears about not having enough to take care of my business? To take care of my responsibilities? Do I really believe I can have what I want out of life? Again, we're talking about a direct line. The direct line is change your thinking, change your life. So as, you, as we're studying these principles, whether this book or any other books, it all boils down to changing the way we think. The thinking will determine what happens and what doesn't happen. The thinking. And if you can really get to that space, you'll be really good. You'll be really good because it does matter. It does matter. Get into the space where you understand the power of God working in and through your own life. Something to think about. I mean, it's a powerful thought that. My the, the transformation of my life is as simple as changing how I think. See, but what I'm saying is, when you change the way you you think, you live in you 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 die to your old world, and you're born again. Get it into a new one. That's the key. You're born again into a new one and if you can get the that you can become born again into a new one that will allow you the possibility of living a new way Charles Fillmore wrote this and I'm going to close with this this isn't keep a true Lent the Lenten exercises at the back of the book on the Mount of Transfiguration, the 33rd day of Lent. He wrote, Transfiguration is always preceded by a change of mind. In Transfiguration, ideals are lifted up from the material to the spiritual. Going up to the mountain to pray means an elevation of thought and aspiration from the mortal to the spiritual viewpoint. When the mind is exalted in prayer, the rapid radiation of mental energy causes a dazzling radiation from all parts of the body and especially the head. And then he gives an affirmation. He he explains a lot of other stuff that I'm not about to explain. But he says, my mind and body are radiant with the light of spirit and I am triumphant, glorious and splendid. So. We have to, again, go up to the mountain to pray, change the way we think, and transform our lives. Keep working with the book, The Prosper and Power of Prayer. If you don't have the book, make sure you get the book. Make sure you get it so we can work with this together. I'll be with you next week. God bless you. And until next week, take care. This wraps up today's show of Truth Transforms.
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. With all the paths open to us, it's easy to feel lost sometimes. Although the darkness of doubt and confusion may make the best choices difficult to see, there is within each of us a light that helps to illumine our way. When I stop and let inner peace be my guide, I am surely led to good no matter what the circumstance. The peace I feel within myself paves any path I'm on, making even the roughest roads more manageable. I've heard that it's not so much the destination that matters as the journey itself. So in the midst of deciding which way to go in life, I go within. Wherever I turn, the signs all point to peace. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.